This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Emma Jane from Fail Harder, the podcast that chats to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. I have some unbelievable guests on the show like Paul Meskel, James Cavanagh, Georgina Campbell, the list just goes on. And of course, we'd be mad to take failure too seriously, so every week I have 20 questions in front of me numbered at random. Most are straightforward, however, some are a little more unconventional. And in the spirit of failure, my guest can pick the numbers. They might not like the results, but life's not fair and neither is my podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of FNI Rap Chat on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Um, you can also grab us on Headstuff Plus. And I'm really delighted that uh, Daffod is turning his phone off, which is exactly what I was about to ask him in about two minutes. Um yeah, um, welcome to <laughs> welcome to FNI Rap Chat. As I was saying on the F uh, on the Headstuff Podcast Network on Headstuff Plus, um, you can also listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcast content. Um, if you'd like to support Film Network Ireland and the work that we do, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI. Um, there's a new membership scheme that we've launched there recently as well. So if you're feeling, if you love, if you're crazy about Irish film and TV and you want to support uh, the work that we do uh, and the spotlights that we shine on people working in film and TV, um, you can become a member. And for five euros a month, um, you can get exclusive content and access to some of our brilliant people that work with us directly on uh, our membership scheme. So, today, today we're joined by, um, um, I, I'm, I'm always wary of saying up-and-coming actor, what does that even mean, you know? Um, a wonderful young actor, uh, Daffod, 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 from where, joining us from the valleys today, Daffod, Daffod, how do I pronounce it? Daffod. Daffod, Daffod uh, Flynn, how are you doing man? I'm good, how are you? Good, yeah, yeah, so still alive, any day above ground is a good day at the minute, isn't it? Ah yeah, um, as you can be. Thanks for joining us on the podcast and thanks for coming all the way from down the road <laughs> to, to join us. Um, how have you been, how have you been during all this period and your family and everyone else, everyone's alright? Everyone's, for the most part, grand, yeah, yeah. I'm still, you know. Everyone's struggling at the minute. Everyone's kind of in the same kind of boat, you know. Mm. And just have to look after yourselves. We might like my ma's really being a ma about everything, you know. It's been great, I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> like all mams. I think they're all do- everybody's doing. It. And it's the day after International Women's Day, so unintentionally, um, big up to the mas and all of the incredible strong women, uh, you know, out there. Um, so, you know, I know you've talked a little bit and you've done interviews with other people um but how did you i know obviously i used to live here was kind of maybe your first kind of general introduction to acting or you might have done little bits before that but was there any conscious influences you had before that to make you want to be an actor or a performer um 
I actually never thought of acting itself before Frank actually came to Killing Arden, but I, I really am big into, and always was, films, just yeah. Um, since I was really young, my mum said she'd just have to turn on any film that was on um, from the edges of the table, I'd sit down quietly and just like watch the film shoot and she could have them kind of playing probably all day, you know, and my granddad used So you're like you want those kids glued to the screen kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Granddad would bring me as well to the cinemas regularly like when I was really young and uh, so then when Frank came it was just kind of like a group of killing iron like my mum kind of just said you're, you're doing it <laughs> when he asked me to when he asked me to audition for one of the the roles like because when i went back to it yeah he originally asked me to be an extra for like um, a rehearsal scene a rehearsal yeah. that crossed the road and then um, my mom obviously was like oh, i won't do it because it was a sunday nothing better to do yeah and she asked me how i got on obviously and i said oh yeah um the director i think his name was frank that's what I said, like, you know, <laughs> I didn't remember. Uh, asked me to audition, and she goes, you're going to do it? I said, no, nah, I don't know. She essentially made me do it, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I think you can't, parents have to make all 12-year-olds do everything, don't they? Um, what was it, you know, I just know from when I was younger, it was, I was quite shy as a kid, and I think that uh, um, acting's a great release for that. Did you feel as if it is, and it is maybe maybe not so consciously then, but maybe more so now? It was it was something to kind of at the point at the, that time it was something to do. Yeah, yeah. You weren't even probably aware of the magnitude of what you were involved in not, at the time. No, no. In, um, I didn't even know what the film was about till about halfway through filming. Like, <laughs> and, and none of the none of the younger cast actually did either. Like. Um, so does Frank like give sides as they go kind of thing, or you know, and improvises a lot. So, so. yeah, okay. yeah. And we, there was no kind of big rehearsals for scenes. He would just hand us scripts, and he'd actually say it to us, say it in your own words, um, along the lines of what he had written, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it was, it was, it was something to do. And I was a shy kid, mm. and I was, um, but Frank, you know, even though I was twelve, thirteen at the time, he never talked. You'd never talk down to you as a kid. You'd actually you'd just respect you mm-hmm. as as an actor, or as what he would say, or even just as a person. He would just talk to you. Just, just, yeah, he spoke to you, with you, not at you. Wouldn't patronise yeah. you, you know. Yeah, yeah. So maybe for people who haven't seen the film, which you can get, um, I think you can you can get it on Google. I think, but you can certainly get it from Wildcard Distribution if you want to. You can buy it online. Uh, maybe you can tell me about the process and how that all worked. Frank was working uh, with the community or had uh, connections with the community and it was a community-based project initially at the start, wasn't it? Yeah, so he his he had a short film that he had done prior, I think, Ballymun Lullaby. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then he... So he came to Kilnard and he actually went to the Kilnard and um, secondary school first but then he said he wanted to um, he understood there was kids in in the community that weren't in that school so he went to the community centre so that's the community centre supported him a lot as well yeah Um, he based the film around uh, teenage suicide and mental health um, which he, he felt is a very was then and still is a taboo subject absolutely and um you know because i we do know of people who have taken their lives unfortunately it, it is still happening and um and obviously i know of 
um, people struggling even still now you know and I've had my problems as well with mental health even yeah I think um, one of one of the good things if there is any from the pandemic is that people are I know in the arts anyway there's some new initiatives to help people kind of deal and cope with these type of things I mean there's a new website called main, mindingcreativeminds.ie for people who are kind of struggling um, I mean we, we've been kind of giving it a, a push on, on the podcast over the last uh, the last couple of episodes just to really hammer it home that you know if you're overwhelmed um, with anything that's happening um, not just directly relatable to the pandemic but just you know if you're a creative person in particular and you feel as if there's no outlet for you to vent or or to uh, or just need someone to talk to I mean there's free counselling sessions there's all sorts of activities and there's people to talk to. There are pe- there are people there that can help you with financial stuff, even if that's if that's a problem. So check that out, folks. So yeah, I mean, um, I'm I had seen I used to live here years ago, but I rewatched it recently because I knew you were coming over. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I'd seen Michael inside as well recently too. Um, do you think that's what I really like about Frank's work? He ac- really accurately because I'm from a working class area as well. Um. I think he really captures and represents um, the nuances of that background, of, of our background, pretty well. Um, do you think that he, as a director, how, what do you think his strengths are um, on, on those sets that you've worked with him on? I mean, is it, does he let you play when you're working or, or is he very much by the book in terms of Maybe maybe from one film to the other. Was there any differences in the way he worked with you? Because you would have been, you were the main man for the second show, right? So how did that change, or your working relationship with him change from one to the other? Yeah, his re his research would be a big influence on his work. Yeah. Um, as well as trusting the actors as well. Like he wouldn't um. Like where I used to live here. Even though we were really young, he would he would let us say. Um, in certain scenes, whatever he had written down, he'd let us say it in our own words, and he would ask us for our experiences in certain situations. So, I guess for Michael inside, I'd have a better insight into it. He, I think, he for for eighteen months every Saturday, he went to Weefield, is it? Um, yeah, yeah, and to, to talk to former, um, or to talk to former um prisoners in a in a group and a project called Pathways. Okay. And actually some of the extras or most of the extras in the prison in Michael and Side were former prisoners. Ex cons. Well. Ex cons. <laughs> and they're all lovely people and they're all they were I think they were drug related right. um sentences that they had. But they, they and that's what was that's what makes it very authentic, you know. And mm-hmm. um Frank you know, when I I I don't he do, he says to me before he doesn't like the word auditions, but when I don't like um I think it was three kind of Three times I went into Bow Street um, to do different scenes mm-hmm. when he asked or about Michael inside. And um, I had some experiences, not obviously in prison, but with the um, the kind of lifestyle surrounded or the lifestyle that is in Michael inside with, you know, kind of drug related instances and stuff like that. And so I wasn't kind of... So um, you, would have, you would have kind of maybe not directly experienced it, but certainly seen that kind of peer... And a pressure in groups, and you know, if you don't do this, this will happen, and yeah. you know, and did you, and that kind of intimidation, or you know, on the outside kind of thing. Um, how did you, how did you prepare for something like that, for for a role like that? Um, 
Didn't have to do anything. It just showed Didn't up. I'm from Talaman. Just that talented. <laughs> just natural. Uh, now, like there is, there is some, um, you know, you know what goes on. It's becoming from Killarney, and you, you see it, and you know, it's very easy to kind of to even get caught up into that lifestyle, and there's no way out. And um, I, I thank my mom, like I praise her that she didn't let me go down that route, you know, because mm. it could easily happen. And um, a lot of scenes that are in it, you know, um, I wasn't blind to, and and mm -hmm. I, I could relate to them in in some sort of way, even if it wasn't, if I was never exactly um hundred percent involved in some of the things you see, and it, I could still get an idea of what it would feel like, yeah, to be in put in that position. Absolutely, I mean, just. Uh... I mean, your heart goes out to the character for a start. I mean, he really is just somebody who's just in the wrong place at the wrong time, really. Mm. Um, what was it like, you know, entering that kind of, even though I know you weren't there for any, you weren't living there, obviously, or, you know, there for any great period of time, but what was it like working in the prisons and being there? And was it very easy to feel that level of pressure and intimidation within that environment? Did you, was it? Was it easy to tap into that or did you have to work on, on, on that kind of mindset, you know? It was actually really easy to tap in because the first day we actually got there, we started filming that day okay. in Cork, the old Cork prison actually was we shot in. Right. And the first day they put, they were, one of the cells was, they used for like equipment and stuff. It was mad. And the other cell we shot a few scenes in and the first time I went into that cell, and it's, it is like a 12 inch metal door and they close it and lock it and it's loud. And, and I actually had to ask, could I leave the cell <laughs> for, for after a few seconds? Cause I was like, this is mad. Cause you don't realize it. If you're in the cell, it's small and mm -hmm. there is no way out if, if someone threw out that key and it is like an eerie, eerie vibe when you walk yeah. into the prison for the first time. So straight away, I kind of, Got an idea of what it felt like. Yeah. 100%. Um, how long was the shoe? The shoe altogether was five weeks and we shot for two weeks in the Cork prison. And so, three so weeks was in Dublin in various, various locations. Yeah, so it must have been pretty intensive, like for a five-week shoot, like every day, 12 hour, 14 hour days, was it? Very, very intense, but I love it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> absolutely. I can only imagine that you really feel as if you're all part of a team, all pulling, you know, it's a tug of war, isn't it? Yeah. Um, how how do you feel? What like how how do you feel about the other side of that? And like, you know, there's your man from that. You know, I'm sure you get that particularly at home, or maybe initially a lot at the start, or maybe again like, peaked again when, when you know when things go on Netflix and stuff like that. How do you deal with all that, or do you deal with that, or do you just ignore it? Ah, it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my mat uh, like says to me like things go over my head, kind of thing. It's, it's, it's. You're, she says I'm very laid back okay. when it comes to certain things, like um, other things I'm really not. But like it comes to the whole, the whole movie thing or being on Netflix. When I went on the Netflix as when kind of even goes still in school. Mm -hmm. So like I was in, I went the TCS. Right. That's where I went to school, like. Right. And everyone that was in my year, you were like, "Oh God!" I'm not even that. There, it was just, it was just an experience. You're allowed to enjoy it as well, though. It was like I just appreciated that people liked the film, yeah, and not just for me, but because 
because it is a great film. Yeah. Frank could have it could have been anyone else there um playing Michael. Yeah, and it would yeah. still be a, an, an amazing film, you know, because of what Frank what everyone did yeah, basically yeah. on the film. No, I think your performance is, is one of the standouts of, you know, the last few years. I mean, um that's why we wanted to have you on the show, but also to kind of um just tap into that like you were saying, that authenticity of character and stuff as well. I mean, um, how do you work? Um, you've obviously done some other gigs as well over the years now as well. I mean, you're not just a one or two man band, but um, <laughs> how do you prepare for a role now? I mean, I don't think most of the actors I know still feel uncomfortable calling themselves an actor, you know, or the idea of it is still ridiculous <laughs> to the best ones. You know, yeah. it's just like, can't believe they're paying me to do this. They're just in their lines and turn up. Um, is it a bit like that for you? Or do you like, do you, do you take there? Like, are you like, are you intensive in preparation and stuff and jumping into Stanislavski and playing with some ideas now that you're a bit older and are you reading a lot and how do you approach something now? Um, Depends on what it is first off yeah. the role. Um, there I've only done two features. I've done a few shorts yeah. and stuff like that. But um, Frank Frank had a deadly method. But I used to live here, which I then used on Michael inside, and it was I didn't read the script at right. all. I didn't read any of the script until we started filming, and I'd only read the sides I was given on the day. Yeah, about two minutes before we started filming. The reason being. I wanted to get a very natural reaction to what was going on yeah. um, for his take. So I have tried to do that going forward, even if it was for, for, for something very short, kind of, you know, I'd still do it. Mm -hmm. If it's something a bit that I wouldn't necessarily have a lot of knowledge about, I would mm -hmm. read up about it a bit more. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think that's worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it does help and and work when you see it then on camera, rather than going over the line fifteen times and then trying to play it off. I think getting a natural reaction, you now depending on mm -hmm. what it is, it's worked for me so far. Definitely, that's kind of my approach. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean anything that makes it, fr or at least it comes across as fresh, or you know, um, you know, that's very much the Ken Loach and you know Mike Lee school of mm. filmmaking. Um, are there on, are there other filmmakers that over the years now, over the last couple of years, that have jumped out here and really speak to you? Yeah, Steven Spielberg. I believe he's great. <laughs> um, I, I mean, have you started to kind of you know? Because we're all students of what we do. Mm. It, never, it never ends. Um, every day is a school day, kind of thing. Um. You know, are there are there kind of filmmakers that excite you now when you go, Jesus, I'd love to maybe God, you know, like 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 everybody in the film business, I'd love to work with X, Y, and Z. Yeah. There's any kind of directors now who you really you're starting to really get into and you're like, Jesus, maybe one day. Well, I would have two main ones, I think, Chris Ronald being one. Yeah. Um just because his work is insane. Obviously, <laughs> first off. Did you see Tenant? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. No, actually and the reason being I want to see it on a I love going to the cinema. Yeah, I went to see a press screening of it and I've never been so intimidated in my whole life. They took our phones off us and put them in bags, black sealable metal bags that Not you can't scan, meat. nothing. <laughs> and they were like, you know, really like sit here, don't move. And it was masks. It was early COVID, so at the very start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I was like, and I was very confused about that. And then when I seen Tenant, I was really confused about Tenant as well. Because, as I <laughs> it's look, it's not terrible, but it's a bit com. It's a bit with him. You expect a, a couple of hurdles to jump through, you know, mm. when watching it, which which I love normally. I just think that you know, for me, it was a little bit. It was a bridge or two too far with this one. Okay, um, so you'd have to watch it maybe a second or third time. I have done. You know, because I, I, I wouldn't dismiss something, and I'm certainly somebody when 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 uh, watching a film or something, I don't, you know, and just like anyone else, it's like hearing stories about somebody. Oh, I hear someone is X, Y, and Z, good or bad. You try and reserve judgment on these things until you meet them, and then you go, oh, actually, they're really nice, or whatever, or vice versa. Uh, Christopher Nolan, who else on your hit list? The top ten of uh, <laughs> your p- p- wish list you'd love to uh, work with? Tarantino. Yeah. Okay. I watched. I watched down my mash and probably hear this. I think my dad. <laughs> my my dad. I think and I watched Reservoir Dogs. He probably won't even remember this. Right. I think I might have been six or seven. Yeah. It's not unusual. I, I I've had this out with other people as well about like when and it's you know I, I watched a lot of content, a lot of films that I shouldn't have watched when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. It didn't do me any harm. Maybe I had one or two nightmares, but I'm not psychologically scarred <laughs> from seeing you know, Pulp Fiction or Goodfellas. I mean, things were very different even a few years ago when I was in school because, you know, I had a maths teacher that rolled in the, you know, the, you have to, you have to telly and the, the DVD player on yeah. the trolley and they roll it in. <laughs> he rolls it in one day and we're like, oh, what's he going to show us? And he stuck on Goodfellas and just walked out. <laughs> That's a great day, isn't it? <laughs> it was a, that was the best day in school we've had that, that year. Uh, and, uh, you know, and in business studies class, we were watching Glengarry Glen Ross with our business teacher and you're like... Like, that film has the most fucks in any film ever, <laughs> you know? So you're like, see, are we, are we really watching this? In business of all kinds. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> but, it, you know, I suppose I, I absolutely understand where he was coming from that, uh, coming from with that. Um, so uh, just acting in general, um, how, uh, like, what is being an actor to you? I guess it's just... Um what I love to do, I just like taking on the form of someone else. Yeah. I think, you know, but it's not even trying to pretend to be someone else. It's like you want, you want to become that person. Right. You know, you kind of want to feel what that character's feeling. Because like, mm. like, I'll just I'll go back to like um, one of Nolan's films, Interstellar. Yeah. It's probably my most favourite film of all time. Mm. And like that's, and there's a lot of great films out there. And I know people would probably have words to say with me about saying that but the reason i do is because if you take what he's done it's it's set it's a futuristic film the world is is on its way out and we need to find a new home and the whole theme around the whole film is it's actually about a father who has the ability or a chance to save the people that he loves Mm you know and it's and matthew mcconaughey's performance yeah yeah incredible is um and that's one performance i really I really admire because like obviously no one has ever experienced what he has to do in the film and he's taken he's taken that character and he's ba- he's basically showing us what it would feel like mm-hmm. instead of trying to say oh yeah this is how you would feel no I'm telling you how you would feel mm-hmm. doing I'm not trying to give spoilers out doing what he did <laughs> spoiler alert it's out eight years but spoiler eight alert years. <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen it definitely watch it if uh, you no, haven't seen it no it's great um I think <clears throat> there's a bit of snobbery that goes on with filmmakers that I don't think is f- fair. And I don't mean Nolan, because Nolan is is a great filmmaker and that's kind of universally, uh, you know, acknowledged. 
But the idea of if you don't watch a certain type of film, you're this, or if you don't, you know, that, that kind of ridiculous snobbery. I think that you have emotional responses to stuff mm. and you feel that or you don't feel that about films. And it's okay if you don't feel it. Yeah. It, it, it does, it's not reflective of your taste or intelligence or your palate or, you know, you, you know your, your taste as a filmmaker or an actor or whatever. I just think if something grabs you, it really grabs you. It's inexplicable. I mean, like, you know, look at some of the films that we loved when we were a kid. I mean, there's no reason now, you know, why we would like those films. But we liked them because we, they, we had some sort of reaction to them, you know. Yeah. Um, um, tell me about um, kind of your kind of growing up and stuff um, for people who don't know. Um from Talla. From Talla. Yeah. Born and bred, yeah. Yeah. Um, we lived, I lived in Kilimanjaro actually for the first four years of my life and then we moved to Kilimanjaro. Okay. Um, it was just me and my mum for, for, for years until my little sister Jody was kind of born. And, um, you know, I had a great upbringing, mm-hmm. you know. My dad and my mum were never together and he lives in Swords with my with his wife and he has a daughter and a brother who I see every every two three weeks you know that's cool and um so we're all very close but I I would have noticed you know when I go and see them the difference just between where he lived and I lived and over the years you know I would just just realize that you know where I am other people wouldn't say is the best place you know and I don't want to I hate putting a a, a name on it because I grew up there and it's my home yeah of course Yeah, yeah yeah but I do see you know, that, you know, if people had a forced choice, it probably wouldn't be there, <laughs> you know, but, um, all that glitters in other areas is not always gold though, you know, oh, I know, yeah. Um, as someone who grew up in Ballymun, um, in the eighties, <laughs> I know what that is like. Absolutely. But you don't see it. You know, I remember I was having a conversation with a friend who also grew up in Ballymun recently and we, we seen some video clippers spend a bit of time together. And it was like the, the usual kind of drugs and the assault, negative connotation or association, you know, with working class areas and drugs. And I was like, it wasn't like that when we were kids. I never, you know, I never experienced that. No one ever offered me any yeah. heroin, blah, blah, blah. Now, I was lucky because my mom was the community worker and social worker in the area that, she, that we lived in. Yeah. So she was acutely aware of what was going on around us and she would like, she'd shield us from all that. So I suppose that's why I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. But then I found another video a couple of weeks after that about like a massive big drugs rally around the time when I would have been four or five, so in the mid-80s. And I was like, it was, it was fucking, it was full pelt, you know. And Mm. I didn't see any negative and all I saw was the wonderful sense of community and the summers playing football and, you know, and mates Mm. and good. And I I was lucky, I guess, to to grow up with older brothers as well. So I was a bit more protected than maybe some other people aren't in those environments. But um, I think everybody kind of, if they're lucky enough to have a cocoon, doesn't see those things, you know? It's only when you go out into the wider, wider world. And I think that's maybe why acting and performing and being creative or being a musician is so important to young people because it, it takes them out of, um, you know, it shows them the wider world or even, the, you know, the wider city so that they can engage with people and stuff as well and see that essentially everybody's kind of the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, did you, Did you find that? when you start um, doing acting and stuff like that, was it important? Was that an important thing for you? It definitely did help, yeah. you know. Um, you, you can break away from reality, you know, and uh, after I used to live here, 
I went to Bow Street oh. um, for, for kind of two years. They went different courses and that helped as well. Yeah, no, they do brilliant work there. Shimmy's yeah. amazing. You know, yeah, they were amazing. They were great to me and um, I still, whenever I'm in town, I try and get into them just mm. to say, you know, just say hi. Yeah. And um, no, they, definitely acting has helped. Um, I tried I tried to teach myself guitar as well. <laughs> it's 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 hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I struggled. Um, do you think that acting is the sh- is a shy person's revenge? You know. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Um, you because know, I think we all, you know, I don't know. Maybe this is the case with you. I don't know, but I think everybody, the majority of people that we've had on the on the show, at least, has said there's a huge dose of imposter syndrome. They feel as if they're in the wrong seat a lot of the time um, in what they do. Um, and it's only kind of afterwards that when they see themselves in the role or they see the finished product, they go, oh, I got away with that one. You know, yeah. do you feel like that? Uh, I haven't, yeah. I don't know. If, <laughs> I, don't know if I don't know if that's just me, though. No, no, but, that, no, but that's a good thing. You, you should feel, you know, you should feel bulletproof yeah. as well, right? Yeah. Like, um, no, I honestly, I don't like watching myself, but. It's not because I don't. I think of turning a bad performance. It's just because mm. it's hard not to see yourself. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see Michael, or I want to see or whoever I play. I want to see that person. Um, and I was a really shy kid. I was I was actually diagnosed with ASD. Um, okay. Just fifth year, I think eighteen. I was when I was diagnosed. I think or six late late sixth year actually. Okay. Um, which explained everything, kind of, you know, from my growing up and and my weird kind of quirks or my shyness and stuff like that, or my my social interactions with people. I think not knowing when I was younger, and yeah. I got told that it's really rare to find out at your age yeah. for a guy, for for a male, usually females, it, it's picked up quicker. I was told, um, and I think that helped not knowing because then. It's not like it was an extra cushion trying to, to guide me. It was just I was thrown into social interactions. I went to TCS. I wasn't I wasn't the kind of shun away from from anything people with ASD or on the spectrum would struggle to deal with. Yeah. And so acting definitely helped as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And hundred percent with confidence and and being able to 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 be in big spaces a lot with a lot of people you know and sometimes mm. i do still have my moments where i, I, I can't cope with with certain i think everybody you know? feels a bit like yeah, that now de- de- definitely <laughs> there's some people that get dolled up to go to the shops and they just uh, you know at the moment with everything that's going on and the anxiety they, like even just heading down to little or supermarket can be anxiety inducing you know for a lot of people um can you tell us uh, you know for people that don't know what that is uh, ASD, isn't it? ASD, it's autistic spectrum disorder, which is which is what they're influencing everyone to call it now. Okay. Or like I, I think like autism. You know, it's 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 yeah. it's autism's autism. There's nothing wrong with the word. Certainly and it's not. Just them. Um, you know, I I actually got told as well. I think I think four out of ten people will be on the spectrum, and only one out of ten will be diagnosed. Yeah. I think they were. I think they were the statistics I was told, and it's just. There's the spectrum essentially, and you know you have high functioning, then you have autistic, and then you have severely autistic. So I would be on the higher end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. um, um, and then you would have. I actually have a cousin Chris who would be, I think, a bit lower on the spectrum, and he's like a, an amazing artist. You should see his work. He's like, you can draw anything, whether from from caricatures to actual to to portraits of people, and that's his thing. He's just incredible. And that's that was his thing. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. 
and you know and I do a bit of the acting <laughs> I do a bit of the acting so. <laughs> that's amazing man I think look we need to talk about this type of stuff I mean um, someone else on the spectrum um, from my neck of the woods Eva Dooley you know Eva Dooley, the, Eva Dooley. she's an artist yeah. she does um, she's very 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 successful she just signed like a massive uh, book deal in the in the states a worldwide book deal Um she does that show on RTA, you won Nikita, and um, she's like a, an animator, an artist, and she does a lot of bespoke stuff. If, you, if you're not aware of her, check her out, she's amazing. But um, it's in, it's in, I would imagine it's incredible to know that, because it's like, well, this is happening, and that's why, finally, I know why that's happening, mm. so I can put it to bed now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like being, you know, I suppose having the shackles in a way kind of taken off. But yeah. It's like, you know, all the good stuff that happens, well, that's not going to be affected by anything else now. I can I can relax and I can go out and enjoy myself and I know why things are the way they are. Yeah. Um, my, you know, people in my life, um, um, there's uh, ADHD in, in my family, um, you know, um, so I see these things mm. um, and they should not be stigmatised. They should be encouraged. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. I mean, I know for a fact that there are dozens of people I know that have undiagnosed <laughs> you know and that's not a negative thing I don't say that oh. in any sort of you know slurring me or you know uh, in a derogatory way I mean if people knew what they were dealing with they'd know why they have um, why patterns of behaviour are affecting other th other positive things in their lives yeah. everybody has them to some higher or lesser degree you know uh, that's that's that was the, yeah everyone there's, um, where it, there's a spectrum everyone's on it just depends on on where you lie on the spectrum, you know, or like, like oh, there's something wrong with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but sure, we've all seen it. We're like, you know, like even lads, like in school, like messers and stuff. Yeah. I mean, if somebody is constantly messing, I think it's a wonderful time of change. I mean, even if you're if you're if you're to look at the school system, and you're looking at characters within a classroom now, I mean, if it means that if people know why they behave like that, particularly teachers, then they won't be expelling people left, right, and centre to be figuring out why people are doing these things it's not always because of the obvious you know yeah. you know the anger issues or you know or the messing you know or you know and that you know that takes many guises but that kind of thing you know mm -hmm. um do you find that that helps you to be creative do you find it really lets you, sets you free in that way i think you know when i found when i got like when i got diagnosed you know it wasn't like it was new it was new information, but it doesn't mean that I was mm. I, I changed at that moment. I yeah. always was me. Of you, course, you know? yeah, yeah. So, so I do think it has helped. Even before, even before I knew, I think it it was just it was who I am, and it has helped my my creativity. Because I I used to do a bit of drawing. I used to do portraits of people myself yeah. as well. So they're always. I think I always have had an artistic side mm -hmm. as well, and I think it comes from that. I did struggle a bit when I actually got diagnosed. Um, obviously, I was having, you know, problems before, and I was going to to see a, a lovely woman about it who helped me a lot, mm -hmm. um, just to talk and stuff and get me through it. But even when I found out, you know, I would still kind of um, still have my struggles, mm -hmm. and you know, so even though I knew what I had, it didn't answer my problems, and then, but that's when, at least then, you can start to work on them. Mm -hmm. And I have done, and I, you know, you're never, you're never finished working on them. I suppose <laughs> you, you're always, you're always. I'm always gonna be who I am. I'm always gonna. Mm -hmm. Some things will probably always trigger me, but it's just how you you take it and it's stride, and you always just have to just keep going. Yeah, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, problems don't go away. They just change in yeah. your life, you know. Um, I know from my own experiences, I just know that, you know, you, you just get better at coping in, in life. And it doesn't matter what, you know, what's thrown at you uh, in whatever in whatever capacity it's thrown at you. It's how you, you know, it's that Bukowski uh, quote, um, what matters most is how you walk through the fire. It doesn't matter. Everybody has problems. Mm. And there's, you know, there's a misconception that success... Uh, eradicates problems it just changes them ultimately happiness is being present you know being present and being conscious of who you are yeah. you know um do you feel as if you know you know yourself really well now better than i did <laughs> <laughs> you know? well that's really definitely. no that's really great to hear um, no, definitely better than yeah i i would be more you know comfortable around people than i used to be yeah you know and um especially people obviously that are close to me because even before I knew even people that like say my mom for instance they're always they're always just taught you know there's there's we are different in some way and I know everyone's different but I always mm -hmm. used to say to myself but there's something else there you know and now it's kind of like well, there's nothing there it's just it's just mm -hmm. that's my mom or me and <laughs> and that's just the way it goes you know yeah yeah um, um, she sounds like an amazing woman, but it sounds like she is. I I can't uh, ask, never repair for any, everything she done for me. Mm. That's great. Um, are you comfortable auditioning? No. <laughs> What's that process like for you? It's murder, isn't it? It's, it's like it's horrible. I hate auditioning. I hate. It's all self tapes now, mm -hmm. and and so whenever um, Jonathan or Lisa Richards or Morris will 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 send me an email or you know. Mm -hmm. And I'll be happy to get the. I'll be happy to read through it, and I'll be like, "Oh, this 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 sounds great. This, uh, yeah, let's do this." And 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 my girlfriend Jed, you know, she she went to Bow Street now as well, and because okay. and she, she she was very interested, in, and she she wants to break into the acting as well. So we she'll help me with myself tapes. You've the same partner for life. I hope so. <laughs> no, but it's so ha like there's. Uh, I know this is somebody who self types a lot as well. It's so important to have someone. Who creates like a cam within that environment? It's still an audition, yeah. You know, but you know that can bring you to a point where you're both relaxed, yeah. And you just get something nice is happening, it, and it's the Brian Cranston thing, right? You just you do a job, you do what you can do, and you send that boat up up the up the river, and it's gone. That's it. Yeah, it's gone. And you forget about it. She does like she she. She loves what that what I do. When I first told her, when we first started going out, like, and I first told her, oh, yeah, I'm an actor, she thought, she said it to me out straight, like, six months later, the trailer for Michael Inside comes out, and, and she's like, oh, you, were, you weren't joking. And I was like, I'm with you six months. What did you think? I thought you'd done little shitty films on Facebook. I was like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't, yeah, I'm, you don't do stuff like that. Um, and I was like, oh, my God. Um, uh, no, she's, she's really supportive of what I do. And and um, how important is support in what you do? Ah, oh, it's very important to me. It's everything, isn't it? Yeah, I I love getting opinions on things, but I just also love someone just just to be there and just say like you're doing a great job. And I I support everyone around me as well. You know, I think it's mm -hmm. something that people not necessarily need, but it's something that's just nice to, to have. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's a competitive nature with actors in particular about who gets a job and whether they're good or not in that job. Um, it, it's important. Do you think it's important to put yourself outside of that and go, I'm, I'm happy for everybody. And if I get a job, great. 
you know, yeah, I know you're still very relatively early into your journey and all of this, but how do you feel about that? I know that you strike me as somebody that lives, um, and I mean this in the best possible way, yeah. but you don't seem like an actor, and I like that. So that's fair because like, I know a lot of actors, and that's all they are. I'm not an actor, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. That's all. That's all they are. They're not anything else. They don't have interest outside of that. It seems as if you're, you're, ver you're very much um, a person who has a life and does other, other things, and you know you're passionate about other things, and you love acting. You know, that and would I, that would be me. You just that would be me. Like I, I don't go in and 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 see someone else audition for the same part and think like I hope they don't get that because mm -hmm. it's just a really negative I try and be positive it's hard mm -hmm. but I try and be positive the reason being like I think I said it to you earlier if if someone's casted for that role they they were made for that role mm -hmm. it was for them and always has been even before the audition I think mm -hmm. they went in there not even knowing they were going to get it and hopefully in the future I will get another or definitely will um, be in something else. But, yes, you will. But I have to be positive. But, yeah. um, no, but something substantial, absolutely. That role will be for me. Yes. And it has to be for me. And if it's not, it was made for someone else. And that's how I have to, that's how I do view it because I can't be positive. I can't be negative. It's just, it's mm. not in my nature. It's it's not something I, I can honestly do. It's, it's it, if it's for you, it won't pass you. That's it. Kind you know? of thing, you know. My ma used to always say that. I mean, if it's for your son, it won't pass you. You know, in relation to anything in life, really. But good things do happen, you know, and you just have to be, you have to be ready for them when they kind of when opportunity knocks, right? Yeah. All you can do, like, yeah, there's an element of kind of fate with that, you know, whether it's supposed to happen or not. Um, how do you deal with rejection? Because I'm sure, like everybody else, you get rejected all the time, like we do, you know. <laughs> I've been rejected a lot of times <laughs> <laughs> for roles. I'm, you know, even yeah. for parts and stuff. I'd imagine you've been yeah. up for a lot of stuff, and you're like, I have. I've done. Um, I actually, I, I, I actually, I can't even remember if, if I auditioned for this, but um, normal people, mm -hmm. the script. I got an email for that script. Um, I worked with Paul in in drifting the, yeah, the yeah. short I done with 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 um Rob and Paddy, yeah. and um, and I think it was a. A, a few good few months before we actually started filming for drifting that i think the email came the, and i looked at the script and you know and back then i wasn't confident in accents okay. and i know that that doesn't even matter now you know i, I wish i had done the audition nice. but um but i watched normal people and you know paul is an amazing actor <laughs> and um i wouldn't say i regretted it but i would say looking back I probably should have gave a shot at the audition, just even if it, the accent wasn't good. Yeah. Or I don't know if I remember, can't remember if I did or not. And it was funny because I remember then me and Paul were just chit chatting. We only had met on on set, and we were working together for two and a half days, and um, just chatting. And he goes like, "What are you working on now?" And he goes, "Oh, I was, I, I think I was in Italy, you know, and I was for normal people." And I was like, "Normal people, where have I heard that before?" <laughs> and just like I was like. <laughs> Do you know what? And I said it to him, like, and he was like, "Oh yeah, it's grand." And he's real chill as well. And I was like, "Yeah, it's deadly." Um, I don't think I'll have regrets about about about. You can't. Me. You can't. You can only yeah. focus on the next thing. Yeah, just really. Have a smile. You know, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, you're look. Yeah. I suppose you have to be grateful for what you have, even some of the some of the work you've done so far. I mean, you really. I know you can't live in the past as well, and you have to stay forward facing. But um, what a. <laughs> 
look at Paul, in fairness to Paul, in a way, do, would you really want the, that level of attention? I mean, he's just gone out for a run and people are taking photographs of him. Um, yeah. How would you feel about that? <laughs> that was the other thing about it. So, like, um, you can ask my mum, does I hate attention? Yeah. Uh, even in school, um, I hated attention. I hate being the centre of attention. Mm. I, I, I don't even like speaking loudly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Don't like eyes on me. Um, I don't know. I think you have to be grounded. You have to have people that will, will help you stay grounded, I suppose, mm-hmm. you know. And um, my mum would definitely do that. Um, I have good friends. I have good, really good mates that would help me do that. Jade would really help me do that as well. Good. I think you just have to, if... If, you I know, was, you, if I was in Paul's position, you'd have to just take it as a, a stride, kind of, you know. Yeah, I mean, how does anybody deal with that? Yeah. You know, and he he seems no, I I don't know the guy, but from the outside looking in, he seems like a really well he's rounded, a, lovely guy. He is a lovely man. Yeah, and, he, and I only, as I said, I only worked with him for just under three days, but right. the whole shoot, you know, we, it was just laughs and it was great vibes, and that's what I love, and that's what you want, you yeah, know. And yeah, he yeah. does seem like a genuine, genuinely lad. Yeah, yeah, no, he like based on even just some of the interviews and stuff I've seen. We had Lenny on previously, um, and um, some other people involved in the show, Kate as well, uh, one of the DPs. I mean, nobody knows if something's going to be successful or not, you know. I mean, it's a shot in the dark. I mean, you're especially when you're you know, someone like Lenny who we had on the show speaking about the little stranger just being absolutely destroyed before that and just shot upon, you know, from everywhere. So I mean, there's no telling what's going to be, if it's, you know, what's going to be a success or, or what's not going to be a success. I mean, I, they were all surprised with the level of success with mm. that. I mean, obviously the scripts were good and there was something there, but it's all about the kind of casting. But it, I, I think that's a good thing as well. And I think there's a, there's a great honesty and integrity to what you said there, that if it's not, if you don't feel like really deep down comfortable in it, mm. then you're probably better off saving yourself a bit of hurt by totally engaging with it do you know what I mean yeah yeah that's, and that's a good thing that's how I felt at the time you know um, yeah. like when Frank talked about Michael and Sai you know mm-hmm. and I was uh, well for that I definitely said I want this mm-hmm. that I, I knew like, but you didn't um, ha- you didn't you didn't stop you didn't question yourself at all with that no, did you no not at all so another like, one of them will come you know yeah I, I wanted that really badly I'd say <laughs> and it was three not auditions I'm not going to call them auditions but it was three um, workshops. I think workshops workshops we call them and you know I went in and the first workshop there was just it was just a room and there was a load of lads there going for the same Raul Michael and mm. I walked in straight away and I went I did honestly say to myself I'm probably not going to get it but I didn't say I didn't leave I actually said but I'm still going to try really hard Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and I did and I was just thankful for it but um you know, a script has to just—I have to just resonate with the script, or just—I just really have to like it. Mm-hmm. And it's not—not not saying to anyone else that this is shit. It's just like it was. Everything is amazing in in, in its own way. It's just if it's not for you, mm. I wouldn't have given it my hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And that's what—that's what the whole. Well, it's that's integrity, that's man. And that's, about, yeah, and that's integrity and dignity and authenticity, and you have to feel it. I mean, I mean, look, there's a lot of films being made, and you see them, and you go they're a bit off centre with that in the performance or it's not, you know, they're trying too hard or I can see mm. them acting. That's when it, when it goes the other side of that, you know, yeah. when they're casting someone without them even reading, you know, without them even doing a reading, a table read even beforehand. So you're going to get a bit of that. Um, 
Tell us a little, a little bit about drifting because it's on the festival circuit now. It's in the festival, yeah. Was right it? Now. Was it at J? Uh, uh, J. Diff, do you hear me? Sorry, guys. Virgin Media Dublin Film Festival. This was it. Was screened last week at that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's still. You can still watch it now. Okay. I think you can. Um, if anyone wants to go on to <laughs> go to uh, <laughs> vdiff.ie. Um, no, we have a great relationship with the, with with the festival. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about it, how that came about for you, and who you're playing that, and what's it about. Um, how it came about. So Jonathan, I think Jonathan got onto me, and he said that um, there's a script here. Um, Robert and Patrick had I think written written as well. Um, called Drifting, and they were interested in having me for one of the 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 of the two leads okay. um, so I went in to meet them <clears throat> in Stephen's Green and you know they did they pay for coffee? they paid for coffee they're good, they're good directors the best directors <laughs> that's, that's when buy you know. coffee that's when you know <laughs> I was in there it's a yes or a no depends yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now there um, I'm, I still see like uh, talk to them regularly as well like you know um, mm. they're they're great they're really talented guys and like I've gotten really close with them as well from 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 drifting, you know, from working mm. with them, they're fantastic. And uh, yeah, they said they really admired my work and that they had a great um, idea. vehicle. Excuse the pun. They had a great <laughs> vehicle for you next. <laughs> um, but um, now, yeah, that's how that came about. And you know, it was filmed in Granard, and um, that's where them they're originally from as well. You know. Okay, where's that? Uh, oh Jesus, Long- in Dublin or no? It's in I think it's Longford. Okay, sorry. Is, oh, gonna, Excuse me, now just two dubs going. Oh, where the fuck is that? No, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna take the piss out of me now if I get that wrong. <laughs> I just know it's in Granard. Um, lovely. Um, um, so what was that experience like? I mean, I, I'm sure the lads are like, look who we have as the leads in this now. You know, an element of that because of your great strong work and now Paul's notoriety as well. Yeah, it's like you can't buy that type of attention on a short. You know. Yeah, it was, well, that's, it was, um, see, I didn't think that way. I just thought, you know, this is a lovely script. Of course. No, 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 it wasn't calculated from your point of view, but afterwards, you know, especially with what's happened with Paul, it's, it's like, as a director, you're like, that's so fortunate, you know? Well, yeah, it's, it's great for, for, for them and for the short, you know, Mm -hmm. shooting it was deadly, you know, it was different to what I had done before, um, Because so it's more of a straight laced learn your lines, turn up and. Sh- I did have yeah. to read over some lines. Reason being is I have a bit of a of an accent on me. Well, not a bit of one. <laughs> I had to actually put on an accent on it, yeah. and it was the one thing I actually was really um, afraid of yeah. letting them down on it because they had said to me because I had said to them I was straight look, I've never done anything with it. Uh, a kind of Midlands accent, you yeah. know. I had done Vikings and okay. I had an English accent on me. Um, but Midlands actually actually struggled with it a little bit, and they said to me, "Don't know, we have full faith in you. Just relax, you know, just yeah. just relax." And there was, I had time as well to actually yeah. practice, and which was good. So I had to, I actually got the lads because they're both from Granite. Record, record you saying some lines and just send them on to me, and I was yeah, just yeah. trying to kind of, not exact comic, but just even mimic some of the some of the vowels and stuff like that. You yeah, know yeah. how they say certain words. Too much emphasis on accents and stuff. A lot of actors yeah. worry about that with auditions. I mean, it's not. It's important, but it's not the most important. If Sean Connery can can dodge it for fifty years, <laughs> and he he was a wonderful actor, you yeah. know. So I think actors need to remind themselves of that. That yes, it's great if you can tap into it, but you're tapping into the energy of the character, mm. not necessarily in their sounds, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was a couple of days shoot. Um, what what's the story? Can you tell us a little bit about it? What it what what's about? Yeah. So what 
why I really loved the script was it's about um it's set in a small town um you know in the Midlands uh yeah. two best friends one is um one son of a farmer and the other one is um is very popular in the town because he's like a a, a, a gas star you know that kind mm-hmm. of way and um but both best friends you know um early early 20s i'd say probably mm-hmm. and you know it's the same thing you know you live your life every friday saturday you know getting pissed down the locals stuff like that um my character is going is moving away to australia you know okay. or um i'm probably spoiling the whole thing now no no he's no, moving no. away and um he hasn't told his best friend yet okay and the reason being is he's afraid of how he's going to react and he actually feels if he leaves he's going to he won't be there to protect him anymore okay and the lads actually said you know because they they've seen this happen you know this has been in their lives because in them small little areas around Ireland places that aren't really known you know some people escape and some don't and that's yeah, yeah. what that's what, after that story if I mean if you've ever seen Pure Mule that's kind of yeah. what that show is all about is like the guilt of leaving the the resentment of you know or the worry of resentment of the life that they get the person that moves away gets to live to live and then you know the life that the people who are left behind are feel, feel as if they're forced to live you know yeah. and that kind of guilt and all the negative associations with those things especially with small towns so it's kind of examining some of those things yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and um one thing that I felt was really good about it is, is there's I don't know everyone has uh, everyone has like a best friend you know or like a bro- I, like my be- my lives in Balrogi literally down the road Glenn we went to school together he's I'd call him my brother you know mm-hmm. there's a love there obviously and you don't you don't say it to your best like I love you man <laughs> you know but it, it, but you'd you'd like you'd like you'd you'd walk across the motorway for him that's it like yeah. you know and that's what. You you really do see in this film. We cut that bit out so he doesn't know. By the way, <laughs> um. but you do see it in this film, you know. And and you know my character, he does he he doesn't you want to let him down, you know. But he has to he has to get out. Yeah. He has to get out there for himself. And um, if you want to hear him anymore, or you should have to get on and watch the short. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks a million. Uh, now it looks really good, and it's it's doing the rounds at various festivals um, um, around the country. Um, I'll wrap up just with one, one, one last question. Um, do you have any advice that you'd give to yourself as a, uh, like as a young, like a young lad boy, um, that might help him a little bit? What would you say to yourself as like a 12 year old or even a little bit younger? Advice to me? To yourself or to a younger, a younger lad who wanted to do, who wanted to be, an actor or wanted to go into the creative life a bit of advice would give to me <laughs> years ago honestly I'd probably just say you know honestly just take it easy mm-hmm. um, if I'm 12 you're 12 years old you're like this is years to come and you know you don't have to struggle with anything at the minute there's no pressures on you to do anything you just need to just take it easy like and genuinely mm-hmm. i wish i had <laughs> a bit you know mm-hmm. um because everything's everything's gonna come um and like you said nothing will pass but also just enjoy enjoy everything that is now because you know yeah it, it all goes at some stage you know yeah so that kind of idea of just yeah try and enjoy it 
Don't overthink everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, David, thanks so much for coming down. It's it's great to chat to you and, and, and kind of get a sense of where you're at in your career and what sounds like there's some really exciting things coming down the road for you. Um, thanks for having me and I want to say uh, thanks for the kind words you've said about the whole, the whole thing. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, guys, um, Michael Inside is on Netflix. Um, uh, Drifting is currently available on the Virgin Media Dublin Film Festival website. I think you can still get the shorts pass. Um, if not, I'm sure it's going to do several festivals all over the country for the remainder of the year. Um, yeah, thanks so much. Take care, mind yourself and look after everyone around you. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.